We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome into the biggest victory pod we've had of 2019. Maybe the biggest victory pod ever. And I'm not just talking about because I got Avengers Endgame tickets. So, uh... Oh my god. (laughs) Get the fuck. What the hell? Uh, Is that where we're going right now? I had to start it. Um, I'm Jimmy, (laughs) along with my co-host, Dan. Uh, Dan, what's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good too, man. I also got Avengers Endgame tickets uh, for 8 a.m. on a Saturday because I'm I'm old like that. Crazy, (laughs) yeah. I'm an old person, but (laughs) uh, dude, I I I distinctly remember. Not that I like to listen to myself talk on the podcast and hear how good my new uh, pop filter sounds on the microphone or anything, but I listened to our podcast back, and I'm pretty sure I said something like. did I not say watch Namath score a hat trick or or was it Croze? I said something about Namath. <laughs> I think you might have called it. And that's, you know, hey, what? I mean, holy crap, dude. It's pretty crazy. I, it's pretty crazy. I don't have anything else to say about it. Yeah. It's incredibly crazy. All those people. I mean, we're going to talk a lot about this game. We got a lot to cover in this episode because we got a 7-1 victory uh, over Montreal. We got CCL action coming back on Thursday. Mm. And then we got Cincinnati that we're playing on Sunday and there's crazy things happening there with Cincinnati oh, and true. their players and big time. We got new signings for Sporting KC. So it's uh it's going to be a busy busy episode. Um but well, before we hop to it, man, you want to yes, read sir. this uh new review? Let's do it. Read it to me. So get this uh great way to catch up on SKC, all right? This yeah. person's username is uh is uh uh get to get I can't I can't do it. It's just it's a lot of consonants. It's a lot of consonants. Yeah, uh, starts with a C. I, I I feel like they were typing their username and their cat went across their keyboard and was like, fuck it, that's my username. <laughs> just gotta go with it. Uh check this out, dude. I work for USPS and it's great to be able to uh pass the time listening to you guys. So he he apps he has us in his ear holes while he's bringing packages to people. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, thanks so much. Don't really have anyone to talk to about SKC up in Northern Iowa. Thank you for what you all do. Northern Iowa, man, look at us uh, extending some reach 
up there beyond our Nebraska folk. Yes, sir. We are uh, we are extending the the podcast homegrown territory the family. Yes. Yeah, we 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 own the homegrown rights to Nebraska and to Iowa and obviously mm-hmm. Kansas and Missouri. We extend up into Minnesota and Canada. That's right. So, Cue the Zach Brown band song. Homegrown. <laughs> oh, I do not know that song. And you should check it out. It's a really good one. Yeah. Is uh he the one that sang Chicken Fried? Is that the Zach Brown band? Sure did. That's the only Zach Brown <laughs> That's the band one song, song that comes to your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the like four country songs I know. So Well done, sir. There you go. But hey, chicken fried. Thanks to our Northern Iowa uh, USPS man. Oh, I said delivering packages. He delivers mail. Well, he probably has packages too. I mean, he might have packages too. I was thinking, what can Brown do for you? But it's that's not it at all. Oh, don't you say that. Yeah, that's, that's my bad. Yeah. Are they really rivals? I don't know. I'm pretty Maybe. sure they do different things. Well, you know, they both have packages, but UPS does not carry mail. USPS does. And they have so. to wear brown, and brown is an awful color. It's poop, you know. It's poop color. <laughs> if you didn't know, that's, just, that's what color it is. Just saying, on a good day, that's what it is. <laughs> but hey, um, if you guys have yet to leave a review, get it done. We're racking them up, man. We're at 108. That's pretty cool. Pretty darn cool. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. 108 ratings is amazing. Let's keep them coming. Let's uh, let's just keep on pushing and uh, tell your friends, tell your family. Um, if they are a Sporting KC fan and they do not listen to no other pod, ask them why, because they should be. So uh, thank you to everybody who uh, who has given us a rating or review so far. We couldn't do this without you. Um, let's so jump right into this this Montreal game um, because, we, like we said, we got a lot to talk about. Um, the uh, the lineup that we saw. Just about your first choice lineup, we saw Andreu Fontas come back into the back line. That and, was unexpected. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't quite expect that. Um, and and what I also didn't expect was to see Gideon Zalalem in the 18. I know we didn't see him play, but already making uh, Sporting KC appearances in the 18 after, what, two weeks with the team? So That's true. Plays uh, one game for Swope Park Rangers, and they're like, hey, come be a substitute for us. Huh, what? Okay. This, this guy's pretty good. Um, I guess if anything, that's, you know, I, I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about a guy who didn't play, but that has to be encouraging that Peter Vermees likes him enough already after one game with Swope Park and just a couple weeks with the club that he's confident enough to put him in a game day 18. So, yeah, I would expect so. It was a, uh, it was one of those days, man. It was a very cold day. So like my phone is staying in my pocket. I'm not I'm hardly tweeting. I'm I'm barely texting you. I didn't even <laughs> notice when the lineup was released. So uh, I checked it like 20 minutes before game or 30 minutes for game time, whenever it was. I was like, oh shit. Well, look at that. <laughs> yeah, we knew. We obviously knew that it was going to be Namath up top, and we knew that it was going to be Gerso on the wing because there's no other striker that we have, and Daniel Shallowy's got a boot on his foot. Last I saw, so we knew those two were going to be in there. Um, no real surprises other than Fontes back from injury, um, and I guess the reason that you'd put him in here if you're Peter Vermees is that probably indicates that we're going to see Fontas in Monterey because you probably don't want his first game back from injury to be at altitude in Mexico against a team like Monterey. So that's yeah, that's probably true, man. I don't think uh, they will have had four days off. I don't think they're going to rotate anything. 
for Monterey. I mean, it's it's go time. So, no, four days off after quite a long rest period over the international break for most players. Um, you know, obviously there was a lot of travel for guys like Johnny Russell, um, Namath, and Baroth were, were with Hungary uh, for periods of time. But um, you know, this team should be just fine heading in to uh, Monterey. But this game against uh, Montreal was the first of five games in a 16-day period. So that is going to yeah. be something to watch. And we'll That's talk about bad. that more later. They've done this already. They know what to expect. It's just time to time to buckle down. It's like any other job when you're like, oh, man, i got to hit this deadline. You know, We're in the busy time of the month, and it's like, they've done it. No big thing. They're ready for it. It's not like they got to go to uh, – you know, it's not like they got to fly like they did last time to Mexico, to L.A., back home, then to Panama, you know, that whole shit. But uh, they just got to go to Mexico, Cincinnati, Mexico, Kansas City. So, fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, lots of travel, but hey, you know what? They can, uh, they've done it before, they can do it again. <laughs> um, and if you look at the lineup that Montreal put out, we knew they weren't going to have Nacho Piatti. Who yeah, that was a last-minute scratch, right? By far and away their best player. I think we knew the day before, maybe. Yeah, the day um, before. They teased it all week and was like, he's questionable with an undisclosed injury. It's like, you cryptic bastards. Yeah, so as soon as we saw, okay, no Piatti, I'm like, okay, well, that's a pretty ginormous blow for Montreal's it? chances. Wasn't it like just an ankle yeah. or something? It's not like it was his penis. <laughs> Uh, I, I did not check what the actual injury was once I knew he was going to be out. But he was their leading goal scorer on the year. Um, he's he's the heart and soul of that team. So that was a yeah. big blow. They also didn't have Diallo, who's one of their starting center backs. That's um, right. So, you know, a couple of regulars that weren't in the lineup. So take this with a little bit of a grain of salt. But, you know, they still had Maxi Arruti. They still had um, Safar Tider, uh, who's one of their star players. Um Piet is uh, their captain who plays for the Canadian national team. So this isn't a side to sneeze at by any means. Um, and I don't know, Sporting KC obviously won 7-1, to one, um, but it didn't take them long to get going really because it was, what, the 10th minute where a terrible pass by Evan Bush uh, got the ball right to Roger Espinoza, who uh, he – Fired across into Namath, couldn't quite get the shot off, but then Johnny Russell pretty much came out of nowhere and just oh. left foot right into the uh, the back of the net, and he he was letting Evan Bush know that this was going to be a Sporting KC game all day. Bro, we so, scored uh, we scored in like a minute thirty four. I mean, when Gerso was like a whole man offside, but that was a goal for the time being. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, they did. Uh, you they know, it's nice score very hey, quickly and got well, when, they, when they went to VAR. VAR they went to VAR, and I, uh, I I pulled up my phone and pulled up Fox Sports because I was like, okay, they're not showing the replay on the screen here. So I was able to look at it on my phone because everyone around me is like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. I know everything about soccer. I have a better view than the referee and, and VAR, you know, that kind of shit. And <laughs> I pull it up, and I was like, everybody relax. He was totally offsides. Relax. He, he was like two yards offside. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I hit him with the relax. No one wants to be told to relax. Pisses him off. Yeah, well, you know what? Sometimes not everything goes against us. Sometimes the call is right. And you know what? We didn't deserve the goal that time, but we sure as hell deserved the Johnny Russell goal. Yes, Um, and when he scored that, I celebrated by making the VAR sign. 
with my fingers. <laughs> I was like, check um, your screen, bitches. Yeah. No, that one was clear as day. Um, it was a gorgeous shot, too. I mean, he whipped that in left-footed right into the bottom yeah. left corner of the net. Caught, uh, caught Evan Bush off guard. Um, it's one of those days. Evan Bush the- was like, uh, where'd that come from? Yeah, I think he thought that Namath was going to be the one to try to fire it back because Namath looked like he was about to come back yeah. for a second attempt. And, I think uh, Namath thought so too. Yeah, Johnny kind of caught um, everybody off guard there. But um, hey, man, if Johnny can do that, by all means, let's keep it coming. So it was uh, oh, hell yeah. a pretty good start. And then Sporting KC continued to dominate but weren't finding the back of the net. Uh, it took them about another half an hour, a little more, to finally get their second goal. Um, well, you saw the weakness. The weakness was exposed at the very beginning, dude. They're right back. Gerso saw it, and he smelled blood in the water, man, and just kept going at him. Man, Gerso, Gerso had one hell of a game. Gerso was torching the, fools left He's been having right. a hell of a year. Yeah. What is the boy's issue? He's having a year, dude. And I... I hope he keeps it going because he was questionable before this game we didn't know if he was going to play yeah which was a a little disconcerting because if you know with shallowy out and with hurtado out and then if you had uh jerso out suddenly we're starting to get very thin at that forward position um right who goes out there man on the wing i mean They'd probably cut it's Johnny over to the left side and then either have Croze or, or Kellen Rowe on the right, is my guess. But we f- we forget that Ju- we forget that Zeusy can play that spot, you know? Yeah, and uh, except that we wouldn't have a right back to play, except for our new signing, who we'll talk about a little later. Um That's right. Because Jalen Lindsay got hurt. But uh Man, it didn't take uh you know, Namath didn't get that first goal, but he certainly got on the score sheet plenty throughout the rest of the game because with uh, the second goal in the 43rd minute, uh, it starts, one, with a, a pretty good pass from uh, Felipe Gutierrez to spring Gerso forward, but then this first touch from Gerso, which, man, how often do you talk about Gerso's first touch in a positive sense, but he just taps this ball around the uh, the Montreal defender, lays it off for Namath, maybe drifted Namath a little bit wide to the right, which didn't make this an easy finish for Namath. But man, credit to Namath on the tight angle, sliding that ball right into the back of the net, putting Sporting KC up 2-0. Suddenly we're feeling pretty good. So Yeah, that was tough. Not Like you said, not the best pass from Gerso, but he, he put it there. He put it there, and Namath made it happen. I was just glad that Gerso recognized that he needed to lay it off in that situation. Because how many times have you seen... Jerso touch it around somebody. He's got one-on-one with the keeper, and then he just like fires it five yards left of goal or a rocket above goal or tries to chip him and like misses it and falls down. Like, you know, Jerso yeah, does it all the time. And, but you know what? To his credit, he saw Namath making the run. It might not have been the perfect pass, but it got the job done. So it works. Um, it absolutely works. And you saw Namath, first thing he did when he celebrated that goal is he popped right up and he pointed at Gerso and gave him the credit. So, Oh, yeah. Even in, uh, you know, fast forward a little bit to the end of the game when they were talking about man of the match. Did you see this at all? They, they Carter interviewed both of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think Gerso, you know, Namath was like, oh, he's man of the match. And Gerso was like, uh, you guys need more man of match awards. <laughs> 
He's like, I want one too. <laughs> but I mean, look, it's hard to give the man of the match to anybody except the guy who scored the hat trick. But Jerso no, had you gotta one give hell it to of a game. service, dude. You got to look at the unselfishness, the person who was putting the ball on the platter. I mean, that's why Gerso was was nominated for uh, Player of the Week, right? For MLS Player of the Week. Yeah, it was. And people uh, were like, "Why isn't Namath nominated?" I'm like, "No, dude, Na- Namath finished. Sure, he finished, but Gerso did so much more that was crucial." Yeah, Gerso was wreaking havoc all day. Um, it was just a few minutes later when it looked like we were going to go into the half up two zero, which is a, a pretty good half, obviously. Um, yeah. And then how about this pass from Roger Espinoza over the top to Gerso? And how about, the, again, the Gerso first touch? This ball from Gerso off of his right foot, which is not his favorite foot, in the Felipe. And then Felipe with the flying ninja kick, which is not an easy thing to do either, <laughs> to just redirect the ball into the goal. It was so sexy. Oh, my God. It was hot, dude. It was so good. I couldn't believe it. When that half ended, I, uh, my buddy Chris goes, man, I'm almost up. Like, we were on the other end, and he's like, I'm almost upset they scored three goals down there. We're not going to see any goals. Oh, Au contraire. Chris. Oh, Chris. <laughs> you have little faith, my friend. <laughs> he had a good point, but holy shit, was he wrong. Yeah, and uh, I just, that goal, this goal was such an amazing goal from for a bunch of reasons. Um, I was going to bring this up anyway, but I saw... You know, it was people were talking about this on Twitter. So I'll 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 come out and say we're not the first one to publicly talk about this, but we were you know two people can independently think of the same thing. Um, the the build up that led up to this goal it's not on MLSsoccer.com. Um, all they show they start the highlight right when Roger um, boots the ball over the top to Gerso. But man, how good has Sporting KC been at building out of the back and keeping the ball and keeping composure under pressure when facing a high press from the other team? Because Montreal was pushing and pushing hard to try to win the ball back in Sporting KC's half, and we just wouldn't let him. And we just kept it going until Roger was able to send his pass over the top to Gerso, and it was unreal. So, Dude, they were kind of pressing the whole game. And we were like, man, their forward's got to be getting tired. Like, we're really wearing them out. Yeah. And you know what? I wonder if teams are going to stop trying to do that against Sporting KC because it opens up. I mean, this is why I think this Sporting KC team is the most dangerous team that I've seen because this isn't a team that, you know, when Timmy gets the ball, he just boots it upfield and they try to win a header and then they whip in across to someone on on an island in the middle and they're hoping to get a a lucky redirect. Like this is a, a different team in that it is a very deliberate build out of the back, possession-oriented like they always have been, but they're not going to take any pass for granted. And they may have the ball all the way up in the attacking third, and if they have to send it all the way back to Tim Melia, if it means keeping possession rather than taking a poor shot, they will. So, I don't know. Yeah, man. I mean, you don't see a lot of goalies do that. Um, Tim just looks so comfortable back there. Minus that Colorado mishap. We all know about that. Sure. But... uh they're good, man. This is it's fun to watch, and I know we say forget everything you saw in March. We're we're a month in, people. We're a month into the season, but I I don't I don't want to forget it, Jimmy. I don't want to forget everything we saw in March because <laughs> it's been fun, and and I like to think we're just gonna build on it and and not slump into a crappy summer. But uh, holy hell, enjoy the ride while it lasts, man. The points from March count just the same as the points from August, September, and October. So. 
you know what? I like how Evan Bush was interviewed and he said, well, it's cross-conference team, so if you want to lose points, these are the t- these are the points to lose. Yeah, whatever. And I'm like, what? Okay, you're you're garbage. I thought you were a better goalkeeper than that, to be honest. I thought you were way better. But uh, you're not. You're just stinking up the field. He was pretty trash. I mean, granted, some of the times his defenders just left him out to dry. Like, if you look at this Johnny Russell goal yeah. um, just after halftime, uh, the, the fourth goal, Johnny's out there nobody's marking him. He gets the ball one-on-one, which when Johnny gets the ball one-on-one outside, you know someone's about to die because he's so good <laughs> on the ball. Um, and so I don't die in tonight. I don't know. Was this Camacho? I forget which Montreal defender it was, but I don't know what the hell he was doing. He, he kind of had like a, a little half-hearted jab step to try to take the ball from Johnny. Johnny just says, nope, slips it right around him. No other Montreal defender crashes down, and Johnny's like, okay, if you're going to give me a wide-open shot on my favored left foot, I'm just going to slot it right past Bush into the bottom left corner. Jesus. Do they so, not watch any tape? Do they not know, like, hey, Johnny Russell's waiting for you to make a move, and then the moment you do, he's going to go the other way. Like, don't make a move. Don't. Yeah, this is the first time I think I've seen somebody leave him out one-on-one like that in a long time like since the beginning of last year, long time. Because when he was a new signing last year, they, they, you know, you knew he was quality because he came from the English Championship, but you didn't quite know. He didn't necessarily have like a goal-scoring pedigree or whatnot. So teams weren't quite aware of what he did. And then he would just touch the ball around people and, and make, make left backs look like fools out there. And so teams started to realize, okay, might need to double-team this guy when he's out there. Then he started splitting double teams, and then people started realizing, okay, we got to close down and make him a little bit more, uh, be a little bit more physical with him. When's the last time you saw somebody just leave a left back one on one against Johnny Russell wide open and, and, and on the side there? I can't think of it. So, no, man, not at all. Um, so Johnny was on his brace there, thinking, okay, maybe he's he's the one who's going to get a hat trick. Um, not to be outdone, Christian Namath in the 67th minute. Uh, came back and, and uh, got his brace. Um, and this one was, was was it Johnny, I think, who laid it off um, to him unselfishly. Johnny had the ball uh, deep in the box, kind of drove toward the left goalpost, saw Namath, cut the ball back, and uh, I don't know, again, what the defense was doing where Namath got left as wide open for as long as he was inside the six-yard box, but he just stood there all by himself. All he had to do was tap it in tap the ball home yep just a little tap man no one marked him at all it 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 made zero sense it's crazy because if you're watching the replay you're you look at how long he is just wide open and it's like you almost think like someone must have got hurt or something where where is the defender but nope they just didn't mark him they just left the striker by himself i didn't see evan bush i didn't see evan bush talking either like he should see that out of his peripherals and be like hey Mark this guy right in the middle, middle, and and he wasn't yelling at his people at all. Yeah, you're right. There wasn't a lot of communication. They were kind of defeated. I'm looking at the clock now. It's almost a full 10 seconds that Namath is just standing wide open from the moment he breaks off the defender to when he gets the ball passed to him by Johnny. Like, how do you leave a striker who's scoring this many goals at the clip that Namath is scoring wide open for 10 seconds inside the 18-yard box? It doesn't make sense. Shouldn't happen. They weren't ready to play. Um, they, they've proven that they are a one-man team. 
that they just do not play well without Piotti on the field. It was, it was, and the players even said it, it was absolutely embarrassing from them. Um, but we were having a heyday. I don't remember the last time we even, I don't know, I don't remember a time when we said, we want another one just like the other one. We want seven, you know, and we're chanting that shit. I'm like, damn, seven? And then we're, then they were chanting eight. I was like, what is, <laughs> what is this life? What is going on? Yeah, it was crazy. And you know what my favorite thing about this game was? Like we've seen with teams in years past, you get a goal or two goals, and like you always the cliche of you want to keep you your calm foot, it down. Yeah, you want to keep your foot on the pedal. That's the cliche, um, but it, it never really happens. This team was out for blood the entire game, and it wasn't, bro. Yeah, what's up? We didn't have a pedal. Well, we didn't have a pedal. It's we had freaking rocket fuel, man. They <laughs> they were out there and they were like we. We want to score more. We want to score more for these fans. And it reminds me of a time when people got pissed at Atlanta for like running up the score 7-0 against New England a year or two ago. And Atlanta was like, hey, I mean, come on. This, you know, the, the playoff seeding could come down to goal differential. I mean, back up. And that's that's kind of a good way to think about it. Yeah, especially in the Western Conference when you got, I mean, we're going to talk Western Conference power rankings later because we got a question from one of best. our listeners about that. But, uh, I mean, with some of the teams in the West, this might come down to something like goal differential in the end to get that top spot in the Western Conference. So, man, games like this, it helps. Um, Absolutely. And it wasn't just the starters. It was the bench players who came in too. who were They were just as hungry. They're like, man, we want part of this. Because if you look at the sixth goal in the 78th minute – we're still out there pressing hard. Uh, Kellen Rose making life miserable for the Montreal defender. And then Gianluca Buzio steps in and just steals the ball right out of their pocket, looks at Evan Bush square in the eye, and just sends it right past them in a ruthless fashion, right in front of the That cauldron. was marvelous. Oh, everyone was – we were so happy for him. I mean, this kid's 16 years old. Just like, excuse me, this is my ball. I will take it, and then I will murder you on the field. And just sends, like, Evan Bush at that point just has to be like, you know, they should have just done, like, a freeze frame and then, like, a Southwest ad, like, want to get away. Like, that's that has to be what's going through Evan Bush's mind at that moment because he was just miserable. 100%. 100%. (laughs) I just, and it's so cool to see a kid like Gianluca Buzio have the success that he's having. And to have his first goal at Children's Mercy Park be in front of the cauldron and be celebrated that way, unreal. So well, I I can tell you this. Peter says it all the time that he's so composed and calm out there. I mean, for being 16 years old, I mean that's crazy. Yeah, I mean he was literally half the age of Roger Roger Espinoza, who he came in for. I know uh, Nate mentioned that on the broadcast. I you know wasn't able to be at the game because I had my nephew's uh, birthday party, but. You know, I went back and I rewatched the broadcast so I can hear all of Nate's commentary, and and he pointed out how young Gianluca Buzio is compared to the rest of this team. But he doesn't look it; he's so mature. So it's it's pretty. Oh cool. yeah. And then finishing off the scoring for Sporting KC, um, Christian Namath had a gorgeous one on one, and again, a couple of fakes, and then just sort of a little chip right over Bush, right into the back of the net, in true killer fashion 7-0 at this point 
how great is it to see Sporting KC with a striker that can have an opportunity like that and without hesitation just put the ball in the back of the net? Unlike, I don't know, Dom Dwyer, who how many times did we see him with one-on-ones and screw it up somehow? So I mean, dude, Christian <laughs> Christian Namath was one-on-one, and he he faked like three times to kind of see what Evan Bush was going to do and then put it away so coolly. I was like, man, I would have blasted it over the goal. <laughs> yeah. Is when you this is why Namath is such a dangerous and different type of striker than Sporting Casey's ever had before. Cause in a weird way, this goal kind of reminds me of that Portland goal he scored way back in 2015. When he has the ball at his feet, he can do things that our previous strikers have never been able to do before. He can make all of Portland look like a fool, or he can keep the ball under control enough on a one-on-one where he can fake it two or three times and then just chip it right over the keeper to the point where the keeper doesn't know what's going on anymore. So, Yeah, man. It's pretty cool. Very exciting. Now, that was goal seven, right? That was goal seven. That ended the Sporting KC scoring, but unfortunately not the scoring for the game. See, here's what sucked when they got that goal at the very end. Amelia was visibly pissed off. Oh, my God. I mean, dude, he was yelling at his defense. Like, he took that personal. We had the shutout, and you guys blew it. We had a a, a record, and you guys blew it. He was so mad. Well, yeah, and Andrea Fontes smacked the ground with both hands because he was furious, too. But if you look at the highlight, it's sort of a mystery. How in the hell did Tider get that ball off and get it one, past the Sporting KC defense, but two, into the net, because he's literally in a circle surrounded by six Sporting KC players. And somehow, they none of them crashed down quite fast enough, and he got it past every single one of them and put it right past Melia. So, I mean... That's I, crazy. And you're right. Like I was watching on the broadcast, and I've never seen Tim yell like that. I never have. And... Well... He would have had his, uh, I mean, it's a good thing I didn't play him on the fantasy team this week. <laughs> <laughs> he lost the clean sheet. Um, yep. But it's kind of cool. I mean, they mentioned this on the broadcast too, but like, it's not like they were so upset because they just gave up a game winning goal. They were so upset because they just gave up a, a single goal in a seven to one victory because their pride was on the line. And it's pretty darn cool, I think, to see a team and a defense take something that seriously when they know the game is in hand, but they're just so so much of a, a competitive group out there that that it just cut them that deep. Um, I think it's cool. So. Oh yeah, it's super cool. Um. So yeah, seven to one, Sporting KC looking pretty good. Um. If you look at the rest of uh, what happened around the league, um. You know, there there were some other big wins around uh, MLS that week, obviously. Um, LAFC being the most notable one. They beat San Jose 5-0. Toronto FC beat New York City 4-0 on Friday. Um, Houston put four goals up on Colorado and won 4-1. Uh, but I think it's, you know, it, to me it seems pretty clear that Sporting KC, LAFC, and then uh, Seattle, even though Seattle got a 0-0 draw at Vancouver. Those are the three teams to beat in the West right now, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, that was a pretty boring game from Seattle there. So if you throw that game of theirs out of there, but SKC and LAFC for sure, dude. Um, 
I guess that sort of goes right into a, a, a good question from our listener, um, Drake Ewing. He, he wants to have a, a no other pod power ranking of the Western Conference teams. Um, MLSsoccer.com put out their power rankings, which I, I want to mention here in a second. But if you had to at least say give a – we don't have to go through the entire West, but if you had to give a top five, we'll say, of, of West teams, do you have uh-huh. an order of, of sort of who you'd give us the top five teams in the West right now? Well, I think LAFC does deserve that top spot right now. I mean, Carlos Vela is on a different level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, and you know, MLS has Seattle above us in the power rankings, but I don't know what they're doing. I think they're kind of waiting to see what we do in CCL and, and see how we bounce back for to league play because they base this off of league play. They aren't basing this off of CCL results at all. Yeah. Um. So I, I think I'd put us above Seattle, I, I would say, wouldn't you? So I agree with you. LAFC's got to be number one right now. Four wins and a draw in five games. You know, one of those wins was last second against us, coming off a short CCL uh, rest. But hey, you know what? They've earned it. I don't know who I'd put number two right now between Seattle and, and SKC. I think there's a case for Seattle to be in that number two spot. I also think there's a case well, for what SKC. What's Houston doing, man? Well, that's, Houston's up there getting things done too. Yeah, so I put both Seattle and SKC above Houston just because I don't trust Houston fully yet. I mean, they beat Atlanta four zero to start the season last year and then didn't make the playoffs. So that is true. Um, I'd put SKC and Seattle both kind of like two A and two B, like basically even. And then I'd put Houston there, and then. Between FC Dallas and, and the LA Galaxy, I don't really know who's better. I don't really trust FC Dallas because they're so young and they're just kind of riding their kids right now. But LA's defense is still not great, and they can't have Zlatan carry them for all the whole year. So after those That's top... That's had one hell of a game this year, or this week. Yeah, yeah. So I think LA's going to be there, but I mean, I really think it's like LAFC, Seattle, and SKC are those top three teams and then I think there's a pretty big drop off to the rest of the West. So I don't know. It's, I agree. I agree with that. Pretty big drop off. It's uh, it's gonna be crazy. So we'll see. But yeah, the the power rankings that MLS Soccer has is LAFC number one in the league, DC United number two. Um, you know, they, I can agree with that. They just beat Orlando two to one, which Wayne Rooney had a hell of a free kick. Um. Oh, yeah, dude. Wayne Rooney's killing it. I love it. Yeah, that was unreal. And then they have uh, Seattle number three, um, SKC four, and FC Dallas five. So, who knows? But... That never means much. I mean, Atlanta's still a good team, but their power rankings, they're in in 15th. You know, and it's... uh, I don't know. Things can change out of nowhere. I mean, Chicago jumped up five places from last week, so it's it's hard to see how indicative it is of a season, but as of how they are right now, it, it's a pretty good representation. Yep, I agree. So that ends last week in MLS. Um, do you have any other thoughts on that before we start jumping into uh, CCL talk? Nah, man. Little CCL time, some Rayados, some Monterrey Rayados. 
So uh, this is obviously the big game of the week down in Monterrey, Mexico. Sporting KC are uh, taking on up late. a Mexican powerhouse in Monterrey um, in the semifinals of the CONCACAF Champions League. Give me a sense of how you're feeling heading into this one. I'm feeling like I usually get ready for bed around 9, and that's when the game starts. So, fucking yuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a late one. Um, at least, you know, thankfully, you know, but with I, the I'm, soccer game, it's going to be done in two hours, not like baseball, which might go for five. So It's true. <laughs> and, and here's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling uh, I'm a little nervous, but at the same time, they're kind of struggling right now. Like they just blew a pretty big lead to Cruz Azul over the weekend, um, which you never want to catch a team right after a loss. I mean, I, I think I've said that before because they're going to retool some stuff and come back a little more hungry, you know. Um, but I think we definitely got this wave of momentum coming after dropping seven goals. Soccer teams don't drop seven goals, man. It's unheard of. A soccer score is like 2-1, 2-0. They don't put a touchdown on people. It's unbelievable. So it, it'll be exciting, man. With the first leg being in Mexico, uh, they're a really good team at home, and we are not a good team in Mexico historically. So uh, we'll just have to see, man. I'm really excited, though. Uh, the pace of the game is going to be crazy. I really hope Gerso's in there giving, uh, giving those fast uh, Monterey players a run for their money. Yeah, so some things of note. Um Monterey has one of the best strikers in all of North America, really, but especially in Liga MX. Oh, boy. um, Rogelio Funes Mori, who his brother used to play for Everton. Um, But he he scored eight goals in uh, 11 games played for them this year. Um, He is by far and away their best goal scorer. Their next goal scorer only has four, and then it drops off to three and two. So... Their offense runs through him. Um, if you can shut him down, it's going to make things a lot more difficult for Monterey. Um, they apparently also sometimes have trouble putting the ball actually on frame. Like they can get a lot of shots, but they don't actually get shots on goal, which reminds me of Sporting KC in years past. Um, and then just a couple other things to note are players who are on yellow card caution. Um which uh, they'll be suspended after one more yellow card. Um, Maximiliano Meza is one of their best players. He's a midfielder. He will be suspended after another yellow. And then for Sporting KC, the ones that the, this would be a disaster if these guys got a yellow uh, in this next game ahead of uh, the second leg. Seth Sinovic, Felipe Gutierrez, and Christian Namath all get suspended if they get a single yellow in, in this game. So... Makes me a little nervous, but that is a little nerve wracking. Yep, I knew Seth was sitting on one. Um, we don't ne- we don't necessarily have the depth. I mean, we do, but we don't really want to have to dive into that. You know, Namath is the one. Which, granted, strikers don't generally get that many yellow cards unless they do something really stupid. But if Namath gets a yellow and he's suspended for the second leg, I mean, I feel like that's maybe it. Like that's all she wrote for Sporting KC. So, I don't know. Yeah, man. That one makes me nervous. But, I don't know. Like, do you do you think we we have a chance to, to at least keep this close? And, and what do you think would be a successful oh, yeah. result in Mexico heading back to Children's Mercy Park? 
sex, sex, <laughs> sexful, successful result. That's a different result. Would be, uh, you know, grabbing a goal and not losing by, you know, more than one. I mean, you lose two one. You you come home and I don't know. That feels all right. However, oh my god, wouldn't you just lose your mind if we dropped like three goals on them in the first half or something? <laughs> wouldn't you just fucking lose it? Yeah, that would be pretty nuts. If we could somehow do that, it would be unreal, and I would be like, "This is a team of destiny. We're winning the CCL." Um, Unbelievable. I mean, but dude, this team's clicking. You just saw it on Sunday. I mean. They're ready to go. The chemistry's there. Yeah, I agree with you. I think definitely it can't be a successful match unless we get at least one away goal. I mean, obviously two would be ideal. The more, the better. Um, yeah, it's pretty crucial. But you need to get that one goal because I feel like it's going to be really hard to to shut out Monterey, even at Children's Mercy Park, where we've only let up one goal mm-hmm. all year. Um Everyone says this is the hardest team left in the competition. Monterey is the best team left in the competition. So let us play underdog. Let us show why, you know, they're wrong. I mean, anyone can beat anyone, dude. It's Toronto's been to the final. I mean, RSL's been to the final, right? So why not us? Montreal's been to the final. Um, Oh, yeah, Montreal. That's right. Yeah, I I think. We've been close. MLS has been close. I mean, why not our year? Yeah. That'd be nuts, man. I think it's a good situation for Sporting KC to be in because I think you're right. I don't think a lot of people, if hardly anybody, actually expects Sporting KC to beat Monterey. So if they don't, it's like, okay, well, that's kind of what was expected. Monterey's Atlanta won. beat them. Atlanta beat them 1-0. Atlanta beat them 1-0 at home. Now, granted, Monterey was nursing a 3-0 victory at home, so True. they didn't really have to True. score. It doesn't look as good. Um, and, and Monterey just eliminated Joseph Martinez, took him out of the game, was not a factor whatsoever. Um, well, that's all right. His own coach eliminates him too, by taking him out of the game for Breck Shea when they need a goal. (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) Atlanta fans are out of their mind upset with Frank DeBoer. Um, oh, hell yeah. I mean, Hey, we need a goal. Uh, Joseph, take a seat. You golden boot winner. You (laughs) Put, put in Breck Shea. Um, yeah, I got a good feeling about this one. But, you know, Namath and, and Joseph Martinez are, are different types of players. Namath is a little bit better, I think, at finding space off the ball. That's what he's so good at, and that's what Peter says he's so good at. Finding the soft spots in the defense where he can just get a pass and then slot it away. Um, I don't know, man. I think it's possible. I, I think if I had to guess, and maybe I'm just trying to make myself feel better, we probably come back to Children's Mercy Park down 2-1 or maybe even 3-1 if things go really wrong. But even at down 3-1, I think we have a shot. If we're down 2-1 and we get that away goal, I'm feeling pretty good, and I think we did about all we probably could do. So, you know, we'll see. But That works, man. I mean, good God. if it's, I wouldn't care if it's just boring as hell. If it's just a nil-nil or something, you know what I mean? Let's just... Uh, Try not to concede any down there. But come on, we're going to score a goal. Every every game, uh, statistics say, every game SKC has played in Mexico, they've come out of there with a goal. Okay. You said it. Statistics say it, so must be. I mean, don't blow it. Don't blow it now, man. Statistics. Yep. That's, uh, that's a good point. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm excited. Um, both of these teams yeah, play. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. 
play a, a very possession-oriented style. So who's going to break? Is Sporting KC going to sit back a little bit more? Um, right. Are they going to play their it's style? It's exciting to even be here. Just to be in this conversation. It's exciting to be a part of it. And I think everyone's uh, going to just enjoy the trip. Enjoy the ride and have fun, you know? Well, especially after all those MLS talking heads said that Sporting KC was the least likely one to be able to win the CCL out of all the teams in it. Right. Or and s- Peter Vermees was like, suck my balls. <laughs> I think that's a direct <laughs> quote he said on Extra Time so Radio this week. Um, he was. He was on Extra Time. It's not Extra Time Radio anymore. That's gone. Oh, okay. Extra Time. He, I think he directed Did it you know specifically that? at Bobby Warshaw. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Good job, Pete. And said that's from Dan, my good friend. Um, my good buddy who plays uh, bridge with me on the weekend. <laughs> you and Pete just play bridge. You know, have a we good old time. Bridge. I don't know. Isn't that an old person game? I've never played yeah. bridge in my life. In a, in a park at like seven in the morning. Um, or is that Bunko? Is Bunko something old people play? Bingo definitely is. Um, bingo definitely is. They don't let me play bingo anymore. I just keep winning. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm super excited for this game. Um, yeah, It's going to be pretty crazy. Everyone should be. It's just nuts to be in this conversation and to and to see start to see not to get ahead of yourself, but like there's a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, and it might end with a CCL championship. Like it might. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Are you gonna be? You won't be at the return leg, huh? No, because I'm gone on a work trip, and I'm really upset about it. So maybe that's safe. Maybe you should start missing more games. I was gonna say it worked out well for us this last week, so maybe I just uh, <laughs> need to not show up anymore. Um, maybe you just call it quits and you cover the team from afar. Yeah. So I don't know. going to be pretty exciting. Um, but then after that, just on three days rest, Sporting KC go play at FC Cincinnati for the first time in Cincinnati. Oh, little Cincinnati chili. And, and barring a total dismantling by Monterey and we're down like seven zero, which I don't think will happen. Knock on wood. Um, all the starters are going to be rested pretty much for the second leg I on Thursday, so. I would think. So who the hell is going to be in the lineup when we play Cincinnati? Like, what the I heck? mean, a little bit of everybody. I mean, maybe put some Botan Barat in there. Maybe Gideon Zalalem makes the trip. Um, you know, you got Zendejas in there. I mean, we'll fill a squad. We'll put Rodney Wallace out there. Uh, maybe we see our new right back, who we failed to mention yet. Uh Maybe he's in there. Yeah, that's a good point to bring him up now. Uh, Sporting KC signed Nicholas Hasler, uh, 27-year-old right back. Uh, can also play some, like some midfield, but he's he's a he's a right back. Um, he is the first Liechtenstein native to ever play for Sporting KC, is I believe what I've been told. I like him. Um, I think it's good. I found out that I'm part Liechtenstein uh, with my ancestry DNA, so we're probably... Uh, I mean, I don't know. He's handsome. We could be related. Lichtensteinian? Lichtensteino? Yeah, man. What's the right adjective Lichtensteiner. <laughs> um, on, on Wikipedia, it says he's a, a Lichtensteiner professional footballer. Lichtensteiner. Okay. Um, so. I mean, he, he's, he's played. Uh, he's one of the greatest. He's one of the best at that level, dude. And so was his father. He, he's played quite a few games. I mean, he's made 200 club appearances in his career. Um, he, he played for Toronto FC for, uh, 2017, started a bunch of games for them. Um, 
then partway through 2018 went over yeah. to the Chicago Fire. He was cut by the Fire earlier this week so they could make uh, room, have an international spot for uh, their new signing, Gaetan, I think is how you say his name. But um, So he does take up an international well, spot. Well, the reason we were able to get him because Daniel Shallowy no longer takes up an international spot. Yep. He's got a green card. So it's kind of cool. And this guy, this guy's got history, dude. I mean, he, he played in a couple Euro qualifiers, even this year, he's played in a couple Euro qualifiers, uh, and a few world cup qualifiers, man, back in, uh, uh, 2016, 17. Yeah. He's got experience. He he has more yellow cards. He has more yellow cards than he does assists, but you know, it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. And of course, you know, this signing became necessary after Jalen Lindsay had to have surgery and will be out for four to five months um, where yeah. it really left with Graham Zussi being the only right back on the roster. Um, they could have looked at Kinda some crazy. Yeah. They could have looked at a Swope Park player, but, but this gives them a veteran experience. Um, somebody who can step in right away. He's only under contract for 2019. I can't imagine he probably comes back unless he totally lights it up. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I like this signing. And and do you think there's a chance that we might see him slot in already? I mean, he's probably close to match fit if he was with Chicago until just last week. So maybe we see him Could against happen, Cincy. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm most curious, do you think that we might see even a formation change against Cincy? Because I don't think he'll play Namath, and I don't know who else you start at striker. So do they play like a false nine with Johan up there or something? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, maybe. Yeah, if you're resting Namath or... I don't know, man. I still have a lot of faith in Busio. Like, why not put him up at striker and just let the boy run? Go have some fun, man. It's an Eastern Eastern Conference game. Go have some fun. Man, we could get real crazy and have a midfield of Gideon Zalalem, Gianluca Busio, and Juan Cousin starting an MLS yeah. match. Like... Absolutely. Oh my god, it'd be crazy. And then I don't know, what's your 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 up top? You got Kellen Rowe, Johan Quaze, and Tyler Freeman? Like <laughs> who who I don't I don't know who you put. Like th- this this what's so strange about this game is I genuinely do not know who will play. So um yeah, it feels really weird. But we do know Fernando Adi will not be playing because uh that's right. Until he takes some kind of drug test. Yeah. Uh, Fernando Adi got pulled over on Sunday um, and and was cited for operating a vehicle while impaired. Um, someone on Twitter, I haven't fact-checked this, but said that he blew like a .12 on the breathalyzer, Ooh. which is not good. Don't do that. Lightweight. <laughs> um so he is suspended indefinitely while he goes through um, like the, the treatment program, the substance program, whatever they call it. So he will not play on Sunday. Um, is that for sure? I thought he. I read something that said he wouldn't play until he completed something. I, I they didn't. I didn't read any stipulation on that. But he's out for Sunday for sure. I mean, it, I guess technically it's not for sure, but like they're not. Gonna, he, these programs aren't something that you just complete in a matter of a couple of days like i i would imagine he's out for at least a, a, a few weeks um huh fair enough so we're, we're not gonna see adi on sunday um yeah as someone tweeted at me they're like does skc have the all-state mayhem guy on payroll first we get montreal without diallo or nacho and now adi is out is this a coincidence or what's going on so 
<laughs> Think, you know, hey, it's a fair question. I don't know. So That is fair. Um, <laughs> I mean, outside of ID not playing, outside of, uh, I mean, I, and then I guess taking into consideration that most of our starters probably won't play, what's a successful result for you? coming out of this game like are you just hoping to get a draw or or are you thinking that like no a win at cincinnati is what we should go for probably a draw right i mean i i I mean they're gonna say they go for a win sure but they're not gonna be upset if they get a result i mean it's your first time playing there so it's exciting nonetheless yeah i agree with you if you get any sort of results out of this it's a good one especially since i'm guessing most starters won't play nippert stadium they pack that place with thirty thousand people um, FC Cincinnati's pretty good defensively, generally speaking. So, um, although they did just lose at home to Philadelphia 2 0, so it, it, it's possible, but I, I think a draw is pretty much the result that we're probably going for here. So, yeah, 100%. Um, now before that, man, you got, uh, you got a home swope game on Saturday. Oh, there you go. Good call. Uh, who's pretty cool? Who are they playing? Four Do you know? swope. Bethlehem Steel. Ah. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. <laughs> so they're... Uh, I don't know. They're the ones that are associated with Philadelphia, I believe. Um, I think you're right. Yes. So, okay. Go out. So they're coming to town. Four o'clock, man. Get out there. Go out. Support Swope Park. I cannot go. I can't go either because I will be getting ready to leave for work. But if you all... Oh, I, you're leaving for work? Yeah. Oh, for a work trip. I was like, who, what? When do you work Saturday nights, you grocer? You know, yeah. <laughs> city, city business has got to happen Saturday nights. Um, I was very confused. I was like, my city's the best city. <laughs> By the way, my city manager is basically my podcast co-host. Yeah. So um, for all my trash questions, I hit, <laughs> hit up Jimmy. <laughs> that is true. Um What's the gray can for, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it is. Uh, it's good to get out there and support Swope Park. So if you can, please do. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll make it out there sometime too. I, I I plan to. I have I have a comedy show back in Topeka. I got to go do, but uh, we'll we definitely plan to get out there to a lot of games this with this year. And I signed up for the Victory Five K, dude. That's something else going on, you oh, guys, you, you runners. That you get a free Swope Park Rangers ticket. For that afternoon, if you uh, sign up for the five k, it's pretty cool. I saw our guy you get a free uh, scarf, Jimmy. Yeah, and and I think Kyle Orenberg said he was going to do it. His first five k yep. he's ever run um, after losing a ton yeah, of weight. Kyle's lost. Kyle, Kyle, I can I, I can connect with Kyle on that front, man. It's you just feel good and you want to challenge yourself, and that's that's surprising that he hasn't ever, ever ran a five k. So that'll be his first one. That'll be cool. Yeah, awesome. Congrats to Kyle. Good luck. Um, I just ran a 5K last week, although it was a called a, a whiskey 5K. So I did a shot of whiskey before <laughs> I ran the 5K at like 7 in the morning. Um, oh, my. That's hilarious. Yeah, so a little, little different, but hey, you know what? It was a good time. Um, but yeah. Are you going to run this one? Um, I will not be able to run that one either because I'm also out of town. It's been like I, I'm I'm traveling far too much, and it's it's getting a little crazy. So... That's crazy, man. Is that something that was in the job description or is it kind of thrown on you? Um, these ones have been kind of more pop up last minute. So, um, mm. 
I don't hate it necessarily because well, I to, like traveling. But you know, you go to NBA games and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I did go to the Jazz when I was in Utah. Yeah, so I don't know. It's fun. It, it's a lot right now. I probably wouldn't want to travel as much as I am. But you know, it's it's right. You know, it's an experience. Um, very cool. But yeah. Uh, oh, another thing. You and I got our Bayern uh, our Bayern Munich tickets today. We did. At Arrowhead Stadium. We're going to go see Bayern take on AC Milan in July. Y'all should check it out. You're a Milan fan, aren't you? I am not. So. Oh, I thought you were. Is that your brother? Not that I'm aware of. Eddie is a Roma oh, fan. I Roma. That, see, I, AC, AS, yeah. AC Milan, AS, Roma. Okay. Yeah. That's what it is. Roma fan. Yeah. Well, I'll have my Bayern jersey on, bro. I uh, got my Thomas Muller jersey on. I'll be ready to go. I should probably wear my uh, Polisic Dortmund jersey as my guess, huh? Uh, no, probably not. Don't be that guy? Okay. Um, no. <laughs> I'll probably wear a sporting I hope shirt. people show out. I hope people go to this and show like, hey, we we are a soccer city, man. We can... We can absolutely support the World Cup here in a few years. Yeah, I don't know. Someone asked me that. How much do you think that this game will impact the World Cup bid? I don't think it's like a make or break thing. Like if Kansas City doesn't show up, I don't no, think they're it's... They're looking. Yeah, but well, that's what they're I was going to say. If, if Kansas City does show up, that's going to get noticed. So, Absolutely. I mean, they always take these games to like Chicago and, and L.A. and... and to bring it to Kansas City is is super cool, man. I mean, I went to the one in Chicago last year, which was Dortmund and Man City, and the stadium was not packed. Now, granted, it was a Friday night, but this is going to be on a Tuesday night, I think. But uh, and it was kind of rainy weather, but it was there were a lot of freaking seats, man. Yeah, and if, it's it's kind of crazy that if you look at the other cities that were picked, I mean, you're you're talking about L.A., Houston. Cardiff, San Francisco, New York, Dallas, Chicago, DC, Shanghai, um, London, Singapore, Stockholm, yeah. and Kansas City. Like, that's crazy, man. Because uh, even even living here, you even kind of sell yourself short. You're like, oh, we're only Kansas City. You know, it's flyover country. That's what everyone thinks. But no, man. Now you get a little spotlight, and I, I hope people show out. I mean. Cheap tickets after fees are like, you know, 50 bucks or whatever. So that ain't bad. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we got like fifth row on the second level. So it's not terrible. We're behind the goal. But yeah, it was 50 bucks after fees. It's doable. Well, these teams, you, you'll never see these teams play again. I mean, what are you going to go to freaking, you're going to go to freaking Italy? You're going to go to Germany to see these teams? I mean, right. not anytime soon. Right. And look, I, we're not under any illusion that we're going to see, you know, Lewandowski or. Thomas Rodriguez, like might. I mean, it's possible. I saw Pulisic. Yeah, I mean that's true. Granted, people would riot if Dortmund came to the U.S. and Pulisic didn't play. Um, well, I, I, maybe we'll see a little Alfonso Davies. Alfonso Davies. I think we'll see some Davies. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it's regardless. I know some people have strong feelings on both ways about this these types of games, but like, it's cool for me as a soccer fan to just get to see a club like Bayern Munich to get to see a club like AC Milan that you can't really see unless you yeah spend thousands of dollars to fly to Europe like right. I, I want to well I'm a yeah so I'll, I'm a big Renato Renato Sanchez guy and uh I like you know the way he plays and he had a tie like a, he was like friends with a guy who played for Swope Park Rangers 
And this guy plays for Bayern. I was like, dude, look at that connection. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, Portuguese guy. Yeah. And look, I know I'm a sucker. I'm going to buy the scarf that's got the, the, the Bayern and, and the Milan logos on it. Like, dude, you know, no, you should buy this. You, I should show you the one I got last year. There's a scarf that has every team that's taking part in uh, the in the International Champions okay. Classic. That's cool. Or cup or whatever. And I, I bought that one. It has every crest on the scarf. Okay. Well, maybe I'll do that. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just cool to see storied clubs like this come, even if they're not at full strength. So, I'm excited. Um, Hell yeah. It's going to be a good time. It's Tuesday night, but it's whatever. Yeah. We'll be fine. We'll record it's not on like Monday. we're going to tailgate or nothing, <laughs> but we should think about parking and like try to make that affordable somehow. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I we'll have to figure that out. But um, anywho, well, now we're just stretching this out into an hour. We're just having a conversation. Yeah, but what I do what I do want to talk about is we have a couple more questions I want to answer, <laughs> and this Chicago Fire news that's kind of breaking ish right before we started recording. There's rumors that yeah. the Chicago Fire at the end of this year might buy out their lease at Toyota Park in Bridgeview and explore moving to actual Chicago and rebrand as Chicago City Football Club. Um, the smartest thing they could do, man. Suppo- granted, take this with a huge grain of salt, although we've had somebody who writes for Pro Soccer USA say they can salt. confirm that Chicago is at least exploring the rebrand part of this. Um, this person saying that they're very reliable source um, – says that they're going to be out of Toyota Park. They're going to play at Soldier Field under the name Chicago City Football Club. Um, I don't think they need to go that far and like change their name, but whatever. Yeah. They, they're trying to get this done before the mayor, uh, Rahm Emanuel, leaves. Um, they'll be the third fiddle behind concerts and the Bears at Soldier Field. But um, suppo- supposedly this will be announced in a few weeks officially is what – they're being what's being said, but I don't know. As a former Chicagoite, Chicagoan, what this. do you think? They had to do this because if we were still up there, we were absolutely going to go to Chicago USL games, which there are plans to build a USL stadium on the north side of Chicago. It would have been like a 20 minute bus ride for me. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. dude, I would absolutely go to those. That sounds super fun. Whereas from downtown Chicago, if you're doing transit, you know, bus, train, bus, it's like an hour and a half to get to a Chicago Fire game. No. Or a 45-minute drive if you have a car. So this is the smartest thing they can do, man. They used to play at Soldier Field, and then they were like, we're going to get our own soccer-specific stadium. Good luck finding it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's this will be cool. I really hope it happens for them. Um, they probably got a lot of fans in the city that probably just flat out don't go to the games because it's too far, man. They have this like pub to pitch thing. You can go buy a ticket and like a bus will take you from the pub and you can like drink on the bus all the way to the game. It's kind of cool and everything, but it's still a long trip. It is a long trip. Um, But yeah, man. Hey, if it could work, good for them. I guess you can look up trademark, uh, the trademark registry, and there is a current registered trademark for the name Chicago City Soccer Club that someone has trademarked. So cool this might be a real thing so hell yeah who knows but anyway we do have a uh a couple other questions i want to touch on just to, to finish this segment off and finish off this episode of the pod darren meeker asked why do canadian teams do so poorly in kc um vancouver and montreal uh-huh. both lost by six um 
I mean, I, I guess that's just know, coincidence, man. but we'll take it. Too much <laughs> French fries and gravy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. He also asked, how does filling a team work in MLS due to all of injuries? Is there an IR like in the NFL or can you just move people around and, and pick them up, pick up new people? Um, I actually had to look this up because I wasn't sure. And long story short, MLS roster rules are very convoluted. <laughs> um, but Duh, just like everything MLS. Right. But there are two different kinds of injury lists. One's just called the injury list. And one's called the season-ending injury list. And long story short, if you place senior roster players on one or of those, there are ways where you can get basically get a new roster spot, for lack of a better phrase, and add a new player. Um, so that's probably huh. what's happening here. I'm guessing Jalen Lindsay is going to be on the injury list. I don't know if they'll put him on the season-ending injury list, but they probably put him on the injury list, which gives them another senior roster spot where they can sign somebody like Nico Hasler they just have to make sure that his his salary just all still works within the salary cap. So there you well, go. Well, you got to be upset for the kid that, you know, Jalen's got to miss the World Cup this summer, the U20 World Cup. It's just it's just sad. You know, he would have played a big part in that. Yeah, you're right. And that's a, that's a huge bummer because that's, that's an experience of a lifetime for someone like Jalen Lindsay. So big bummer there. And then uh, last question, someone named Marissa, I guess. I don't know who she is. Um, shit she's real concerned about this (laughs) marissa kuzer asked us considering we saw a lot of it this game please discuss the new confetti placement (laughs) did the league finally make us move it away from the goal after previous complaints it still pretty well covered the whole pitch by the end so talk to me man i didn't actually notice this because i was just too busy counting all the goals where did they move these confetti cannons to Oh, bro, they're up like uh they're kind they're kind of up by the walkway, like by the what do they call that? By the concourse. Okay. Um like right above the last row or whatever. Got I look we looked back and we're like, "Oh, that's where they are." It was just super weird. Um but it just kept coming. So, I mean, it must have been there must have been some reason for it, right? Like maybe they were told like, "Hey, it's getting over the all over the field. It's really messing with goalkeepers." Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's still, like Marissa said, it still got on the field, so I'm not really sure what's going on. I don't know. Maybe they thought yeah. it'd be more fun. You should, a- you should ask a couple questions when you're up in the press box. See if you can, uh, I don't know, who's 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 someone that would know something like that? Um, I can ask the PR people. Find out if they know. They would know. Yeah. So. Just be like, you know, curiosity. Um, that, that is interesting because you've seen some times when there was confetti like, all over the goal box and yeah. that makes it very difficult for yeah. a goalkeeper <laughs> i mean that's a good question i don't know I'll, I'll find out and ask um it could be as simple as they just thought it'd be fun to have the confetti rain down on the cauldron a bit more maybe i don't know um no it's not it's on the sides man it's not even uh, in behind the goal now it's on the sides that's so weird yeah i don't know good very weird good question but like i said my wife's very concerned about this confetti situation <laughs> well you know what it's it's an important issue that needs to be addressed. So thank you, Marissa. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. For, for bringing that up. Um, Everything she says is an important issue. That's right. Good job, Dan. Um, you got to know your role, man. Know your role, jabronis. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. Um, <laughs> oh, never say that. No, don't say that. <laughs> yeah, you'll get in trouble. Um, I should probably apologize. Rhyming and, is a no-no. And retract that statement. Uh, I mean, yes, you should have. Can't rhyme. Life. No rhyming allowed. Um Anywho, 
that's all I got for this podcast. Um, that's it, man. That's the that's the pod. Wrap it up. Yes, sir. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, thank you to those who gave us the ratings and reviews. If you haven't, five stars, please mm. give us that review as well. Um, tell your family, tell your friends, listen to No Other Pod. Like us on Twitter at No Other Pod, at Dan Kuzer, and at JCMac03. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com. We're, We're fun people to follow. Facebook.com slash no other pod or send us an email, no other pod at gmail.com. Um, he's right. We're fun. We have some fun, friendly banter. We'll make fun of Atlanta fans. You don't want to miss it. So it's a good time. I'm mainly, I'm a, I'm a soccer Twitterer and a wrestling Twitterer. And dude, the other day, my worlds collided when Kyle Martino, who I follow, was at some Premier League watch party. And Sheamus from WWE was there in his Liverpool kit, like celebrating a goal. And I was like, oh my God, my two totally different worlds just collided on Twitter. This is insane. There you go. It happens. So, <laughs> sorry, it's totally random. Well, good deal, man. Thank you guys again so much for listening. We'll be back with you Thank next you. week after the first leg of the Monterey series and the Cincinnati game. But until then, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch y'all later. See ya. Later, turds.